0: Hilton Amen, why don't we go ahead and stand to our feet right now Amen, as you're standing, would you lift your hands unto the Lord And would you let out a sound in this house Here we go Oh, that's it. Come on. Somebody let out a sound in this house today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many need a move of God in their life today? amen. I give honor unto Pastor and Sister Kyle um, in their absence. Amen. I just want to say that I am uh, both honored um, and excited to be here. Um, So many familiar faces. Um, Some of you I didn't even know attended uh, this church, and it just goes to show what an awesome uh, congregation uh, you guys have here in West Palm Beach. Give yourselves a hand clap today. Amen. I'll be honest with you, I've been wrestling about uh, what, what to preach. It's, it's easy just to put together a sermon and, and come up here and just preach a message. It's another thing to minister to people. Right. Amen. And, and, and I'm, I'm feeling after the Holy Ghost as we speak. Amen. The needs that are in this place. If you've got a need, would you just raise your hands right now? If you need God to do something in your life today, yes, would you raise your Lord. hands? many unanswered prayers many visits to the altar but it seems like it's been to no avail and so i believe that the lord's gonna do something in this place today amen amen Amen. brother luke i appreciate you so much uh, amen. Hallelujah. Just uh, an awesome spirit. Amen. Thank you for the hotel room. My wife and I appreciate it. I'm so honored to have my wife with me. Amen. My ministry partner. Amen. <laughs> Bless the Lord. I can't do life without her. Can't do ministry without her. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Luke 18? We'll read through verses one, uh, one through eight, and my pastor sends his greetings as well. Um, we'll be honest with you. There's a small part of me that's back home in Orlando. Amen. I hate missing Sundays because there's just so much work to be done there, and so there's a part of me that is uh, back in Orlando. But, Amen. The Lord is there, and that's all they really need. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's here today as well, and he's going to do something in this place. Amen. For those of you who are probably questioning my credentials, I, I'm just being real with you. I, I, I can sense it. Who is this young kid? Never seen him before. Never heard of him. For some of you. Amen. I'm actually 33 years old. I just don't look it. Amen. I age well. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just celebrated eight years of marriage with my wife. Amen. Looking forward to a thousand more, if the Lord will permit. Amen. Hallelujah. We are um, assistants at our home church. Um, We don't actually evangelize, uh, but we are assistants at our home church, uh, just helping out there as much as we can. Uh, we've just got a burden for the city of Orlando. And so if you want to know my credentials, there you go. Amen. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. amen. But we're going to have some church today. God's going to do something in this place. How much time do I have? Okay. Amen. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. When you have it, would you say Amen. Let's read together this morning. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Anybody needs God to stand in their place today? Amen. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Avenge me of mine adversary the bible says he would not for a while but afterward uh, he said within himself though i fear not god nor regard man yet because this widow troubleth me i will avenge her less by her continual coming she weary me god goes on to the lord goes on to say hear what the unjust judge saith shall not god avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The unjust judge says, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning from this thought, the solution to your unanswered prayers. The solution to your unanswered prayers. Would you lift your hands with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I count it a privilege and an honor to minister to these people. Lord, I am not worthy. I don't take it lightly. And so I pray in your name right now that you will give me the words and the wisdom to speak. You see the needs, you see the hurt, you see the pain. Lord Jesus, you see the the adversity that your people are facing. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now, oh God, that you will give me an unction to minister your word, oh God, into their lives right where they need it, right into the midst of every situation. I pray for the anointing to saturate my life, to saturate my mind and my lips and my tongue, my voice. And when I speak, the anointing will destroy every yoke around the hearts of your people today in the name of jesus let faith be quickened in this house let the gift of faith be released oh god that your spirit will move in this house let there be a demonstration of your power in the mighty name of jesus we believe you for the work that you're about to do and we say thanks in jesus name Your neighbor, the solution to your unanswered prayers as you're seated. Just just look at them and say, "The solution to your unanswered prayers.".") <laughs> I sense a spirit of weariness in this house today. A spirit that says, I might as well throw in the towel. It's a spirit that says, I've been dealing with this for so long. and Up until this very moment, nothing has changed. I want to minister to you this morning here in Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus is telling his disciples a parable parable is just a simple story that is used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson now in this particular parable jesus tells the story of the widow and the unjust judge and before he starts he basically states its purpose that men ought always to pray and not faint In other words, men should always pray and never give up. He tells them of the unjust judge that lived in a certain city. He was an ungodly man, one that didn't fear God nor regard any man. I've often, every time I read this particular passage of scripture, I've often wondered how in the world this man was appointed to this position. If we're honest enough, it sounds a lot like those, uh, some uh, who in our country who are in political power today. Men who are ungodly and feared, they don't fear God. Men who are for laws that goes against the word of God. The Bible tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. However, he would go on to tell them of a widow that lived in that same city who went to the judge with a need. Her need was that she wanted the judge to avenge her of her adversary. She had an adversary just like all of us here today as the Bible lets us know that Satan is our adversary. And propelled by her need, she went to the judge seeking his help. I'm led to believe this morning that she couldn't handle it on her own because if she could have, then she wouldn't have gone seeking for help in the first place. The fact that she went to the judge shows the severity of the situation. Now the Bible doesn't state whether or not she went to anyone else for help. But the seriousness of the situation It required the help of the judge. It wasn't a regular need that a regular person could deal with. It required the help of someone who had some kind of authority. And that was the unjust judge. There are times in our lives this morning where we will be faced with circumstances. Where where our first instinct is to call a neighbor or to phone a friend or even reach out to our parents or some other human being for help. If you've lived on this earth long enough, you'll realize that there are times when those circumstances seem to be completely out of human control. This isn't something... That mom can help me with. This isn't something. That my best friend can assist me with. But it requires the help of someone. Who doesn't have some authority. But all authority. It requires the help of someone. Who has all power. Someone who is omnipotent. Someone who is all knowing. All seeing. requires the help of somebody that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And if you know that person this morning will just stand to your feet and just shout his name for a little bit. be seated just bear with me a moment it requires the help of jesus christ he is the only one that is able to meet every need that you can present to him this morning it's 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 this jesus The God of the New Testament. He is the same God of the Old Testament. The one that was able to create something out of nothing. The Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that from the very offset of scripture God wanted to reveal to us that he is the only one that is able. That can handle whatever situation you might bring to Him. Now just bear with me a moment. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. In other words it was just a big empty nothing. But out of nothing. God was able to create something. Just one word, let there be, and there was. Come on, somebody, I need you to help me preach today. I'm talking about the one who is able to turn your situation around today. The one who is able to speak a word into your life. And everything has to change. Where there's darkness, there has to be light. When he begins to speak his word into your life. Begins to speak and things have to happen, brother Luke, because he's God and there's no one to question his authority because he's God all by himself. He didn't have to consult with a with a with a holy council. He just said, I want to do this. And he just begins to move and it has to happen. There's nothing or no one to stop him. The Bible says that he begins to speak, and he speaks all these things. Let the earth bring forth out of its abundance. He speaks to the waters. The Bible says that all uh, uh, manner of trees and flowers just begin to bloom. Things just begin to happen. Even in the oceans, even till this day. Just recently, they found a new species of fish. A word that was spoken ages ago. Still has the creative power today. I don't know who you've been looking to. I don't know who you've been turning to for help. But I'm just trying to get you uh, to look to the one who is able this morning. To frame the world with just his words. haven't even began talking about when his hands gets in the mix he i'm just i'm still on his word when he spoke things into existence uh, oh but when his hands gets down in the midst of your circle the bible says he got down into the dust uh, of the ground uh, something that we like to scorn uh, something that we don't like to get uh, uh, get on our clothes and on our cars uh, he took it and he made something beautiful come on somebody I don't care how messy your life is I I don't when God gets in the midst of your situation reach down into the dust of the ground and created man and he looked at his creation and he said it was very good something that was probably once despised now became something beautiful that's how His power works when He gets into the midst of your circumstance. He can change things and He can turn them around for you. The thing about our God is that it doesn't matter how big or how small your problem may seem this morning. He wants you to bring it to Him. He doesn't want to be your last resort, but He wants to be the first one that you call on. Psalms, 52 and t- Psalms 55 and 22 says, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will uh, never allow the righteous to be shaken. First Peter 5 and 7, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Touch your neighbor, tell your neighbor God cares for you. The Bible says that she went to the judge saying, avenge me of mine adversary. She didn't go around any corner. She didn't beat around the bush. Uh, But she made her request known unto the judge and she was very clear. Listen, I've got a need and I need you to avenge. Can I tell you the problem with some of you in this place? uh, And let me not just say you, but with with some of us, uh, when it comes to praying to God, we like to cut corners uh, and we don't like to be real. uh, But can I tell you what God is waiting for in this hour? It's for somebody to stand uh, and just be real uh, and let it be known, Jesus, this is what I need. This is what I'm going through uh, and this is what I need you to do for me. Maybe seated. She was very clear what she needed from the Lord. But the Bible says he would not for a while. In other words, he didn't do anything about the request that she made, he didn't do anything about her situation. I questioned myself how would we react in this situation after the first request and he didn't say or do anything? Some of us would probably ask a second or third time, even a fourth. Faith would allow us ultimately for some or after some time, many of us would have gotten frustrated or annoyed or discouraged or disappointed. Low and hard to the point where we would just want to give up. I feel in the Holy Ghost, that's where some of you are this morning. You've been praying about this thing for years. You've been asking God to do it for you for months. Some of you, it's just weeks. Some of you, it's been a decade. And now you're at the point where, God, nothing has changed. God, where are you? I need you right now. You're at a place where it seems as if your prayers are just hitting the the ceilings and bouncing back down to the floor. It seems as if you're hitting your knees in vain. It seems as if you're shedding tears in vain. Come on somebody, I know I'm preaching to you today. You're at the point of throwing in the towel, waving the white flag. This is how... We operate in our lives, we pray about something, we make the request to God, we bring the needs to the Lord. And if nothing happens right away, or it doesn't happen the way we think that it should happen, when our prayers are still unanswered, we get disappointed and we lose faith. We become disheartened and we get frustrated. We call it quits. Some of us, we stop coming to church. We stop coming uh, to midweek services because what's the point? If Sunday after Sunday I come to the altar and nothing has changed. I'm preaching to some of you right now. I've come to tell somebody on this Sunday morning the solution to your unanswered prayers is not in quitting, it's not in staying home during the prayer service, it's not in missing out on church on a Sunday morning, it's not in taking matters into your own hands, it's not in cursing God, but the solution to your unanswered prayers is simply this: just keep on praying some of you were waiting for some deep revelation uh, but can I tell you uh, it's no magic formula it's no magic potion God says just keep praying Uh, I want you to pray uh, and not faint Uh, I want Somebody once said, until God opens the door, I'm just going to praise him in the hallway. Some of us, we knock and the door doesn't open and we just turn around and, and, and keep it moving. The Bible says he didn't do anything for a while. But afterward, something changed. He didn't say a word. He didn't move. But afterwards, oh, somebody's about to experience a "but afterwards. He said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard any man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. This must have happened over a period of days because he said, lest by her continual coming, which means she would have to leave his presence for there to be a coming again. She didn't leave and just leave. But when she went to him, she said, you know what? If nothing changes today, I'm going to come back again tomorrow. And if nothing changes when tomorrow comes, I'm going to come back the day after. To- so if nothing happens on this Sunday... You best believe you're going to catch me in church the following Sunday. I'm going to be the first one at the altar. I'm going to be the first one in the prayer line because sooner or later. Woo! Somebody clap your hands up to the Lord right now. Maybe seated. I'm smiling because some of you are getting it already. Every time she left his presence, after making her request, if nothing had changed, she went again. And because she was persistent, the judge decided that I'm going to do something. I want you to consider the fact that this judge was unjust. How much more will your going again move a God that is just, that is. Y'all bear with me this morning. Jesus' words were this. He says, hear what the unjust judge said. In other words, learn a lesson from this unjust judge even though he was unjust he made a just decision he avenged the widow because she would not quit and she just kept on asking and will not god avenge his elect will not god avenge his people Don't you think that God will avenge his own people? The Bible tells us that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If anyone knew about sheep, it was David, for David was a shepherd. And the best way for David to describe God was as a shepherd. David... Thought about how he kept his father's sheep and he compared it to how God had kept him this long. Will not God avenge his own people? Not those who give up hope, not those who give up faith, not those who call it quit, not those who throw in the towel and keep silent. But he says, Will he not avenge those who cry unto me day and night? though he bear long with them, even though he may not move when you think he should. <laughs> I grew up in church. My grandmother was a pastor back in Jamaica. She was a preacher, preacher pastor I didn't always like church, but I've been around the church long enough. And one thing that I know is that God's timing is not the same as my timing. He's never late, he's never early. It's always on time. I'm reminded of the story of Lazarus. So Lazarus is, you know, the Bible says he's a friend of Jesus. His sisters, Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus. Jesus, you know, your friend Lazarus, the one who you love. They didn't even mention his name. They just said, he who thou lovest. In other words, we're putting special emphasis on this because we need you to move right now. We need you to do something immediately. This is the person who you claim you love so much. He said, he who thou lovest is sick. And The Bible says that Jesus heard it and he said, you know, this sickness is not unto death. He gives out the promise. If I hear that, I'm thinking Lazarus is not going to die. The sickness is not unto that, but as we fast forward in that story, Lazarus actually does die. So God gives the promise, the promise dies. However, Jesus eventually shows up on the scene. Lazarus has been dead now for some time, four days. He's Locked away in a tomb. They've got a stone sitting in front of his tomb. But Jesus shows up. Now, there's one sister that's arguing with Jesus that, man, you know what? If you would have shown up, this would not have happened. In other words, what she's saying is that you're a little too late, Jesus. I need y'all to follow me. The other sister says, well, Jesus, you know, I know my brother is going to live again. So you've got one sister focusing on the past and another sister that's focusing on the future. Y'all are missing the point. Nobody's focusing on right now. All that matters is that Jesus shows up. I don't care when he does, but all that matters is that he does show up because when he steps on the scene, I don't care how long you've been praying about this thing. I don't care if it's dead and buried. All you need is for Jesus to show up on the scene of your life. And anything can happen. Come on, somebody. They were focused on the dead promise. They were focused on what was in the grave and not what was standing in front of the grave. You need to get your eyes off the... and get it back on God. We're more focused on dead promise. God, man, if you would have came here, then my brother would not have died. How about the fact that I'm here now? He may not show up when you want him to, but if you continue. The Bible tells us of the Seraphonician woman It says, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. So she made her her request, and God is silent. Jesus is silent. Not only this, to add insult to injury. His disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. Rejection after rejection. The Bible says, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him. The Bible says, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. It went from you not even talking to me to your disciples saying, send me away. Now you're calling me a dog. Most of us would have been so offended. We would have packed it up and, and, and left a long time ago. But watch this. And she said, truth, Lord. In other words, you're right about that. I'm a mess. Yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She didn't allow herself to become discouraged by the rejection. She kept on pushing and pushing until God said, "Listen, I've never seen this great of faith. Somebody needs to hear me today. What's going to get your prayers answered is not cowering in a corner." He's looking for somebody that has some persistence. He's looking for somebody that will not be quiet. He's looking for somebody that will keep on praying. Jacob, you need to let me go. It's about to be morning. No, I'm not going to let go until you bless. Oh, somebody needs to grab on in the spirit through prayer right now and say, God, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to. I'm going to keep on praying uh, until my answer comes, uh, until my breakthrough comes. Uh, I'm going to keep on seeking uh, your face. Uh, Jacob was fishing for something. There was something that Jacob wanted. He said, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me, until I get my answer, until my situation changes. I'm going to stay right here in this prayer meeting. I'm going to stay right here at this altar until I get my breakthrough, until I get my miracle. Luke eleven five 5 through 10. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep on knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. That's what some of us need in this hour. It's a shameless persistence. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to keep on going back to the altar. I'm going to keep on going back to that prayer room. I'm going to keep on submitting that prayer request. Even if people look at me crazy. Because I need an answer from God. Some of us were so caught up in what people might say, how I might look toward people, how people might view me. But can I tell you, you won't get the answer to your prayer worrying about the onlookers, uh, worrying about what people might think. uh. It's a big crowd. And this woman, the Bible says, has an issue of blood for so many years. She's tried everything except Jesus. She's gone to every doctor that she can go to. The Bible says the situation only got worse. Some of you, even right now, as I'm preaching, you're thinking, preacher, you don't even know what you're talking about. I can't wait to get out these doors so I can go uh, find my own solution. That's what this woman did. She she tried everything else. The Bible says the situation only got worse. But one day, Jesus is passing by. And the Bible says this, this woman, she, she began to have a little fate talk. If I can just touch the hem of his garments, I know my situation can change. But I want you to consider with me because this woman, she had an issue of blood. She had a stench. Everybody knew her. And according to Jewish law, she shouldn't even be in public. She should have been nowhere there in that crowd. She wasn't worried about people and what they thought. Because when you are desperate for God to do something in your life you don't care about the onlookers and what people might say and what people might think and what comments they might make the only thing you're focused on is getting to Jesus so she was shameless in her persistence of God I don't care what these people think about me. I know what the Jewish law says, but I need God to do something in my life. Even if it means that I'm going to get some dirty looks or people are going to point fingers at me. They don't know my situation like I know my situation. About to meddle. Some of y'all, you can't even lift your hands because you're worried about what the people around you might think. You'll never get the breakthrough that you need because you're worried about what people might think. He goes on to tell them, verse 9 of chapter 11 in Luke. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. I want you guys to look at this with me. Keep on seeking, seeking keep on asking keep on knocking that ing it's a continual thing it doesn't stop oh god says the answer to your unanswered prayers is in doing it over Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. If you faint, do a season that is appointed unto you. Don't get tired of praying. Don't get tired of asking. Don't get tired of making your requests known to God. For in due season, you're going to reap the blessings of your prayer. There's a season with your name on it. Come on, somebody. You've got an appointment with a blessing. You've got an appointment with a miracle that nobody can stop except you. If you quit praying and you keep. Come on, somebody. God wants to bless you in this hour. But you've just got to keep asking. In due season. Some of you have got an appointment with a miracle today. There's a miracle with, with your name on it. And God is just waiting for you to pray one more. I'm getting ready to come to a close. When I think about the day of Pentecost, that day that has changed the course of humanity, was the day that the Holy Ghost was poured out for the very first time. Jesus tells his disciples, Go to Jerusalem. And wait there for the promise. Now, I am almost certain that on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they didn't know the Holy Ghost was going to be poured out. All they knew was that Jesus said, go there and wait for the promise. And so every day they would go in that upper room and they would begin to pray. They'd begin to have a worship service, I can imagine. Nothing happened. They would pack it up, go to their separate places of abode would do it all over again tomorrow again doing that routine of just praying seeking God but the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come it was something that was already on its way what would have happened if they decided you know what We've been meeting here every single day and nothing has happened yet. What would have happened on that day if they decided to stay home? They would have missed out on the outpouring of the Not even knowing it on that day. They were one prayer away from revival. One prayer away from the greatest miracle that they would have ever experienced. They were filled with God's spirit. Because they kept going back again and again and again. And Pentecost was on its way. They had no idea. They just knew that they would just kept going, going. Some of you are just one prayer away from a miracle. Some of you are just one prayer away from a breakthrough. And I believe God has sent me here to encourage you not to quit praying. If today was the day you were getting ready to throw in the towel, I need you to get that out your mind and say you know what I may not feel like it but I'm gonna go to that altar one more time I'm gonna hit my knees one more time I'm gonna join that prayer line one more time because you just never know if that's the prayer that's gonna do it for you stand with me today I'm reaching for that person that when you woke up today, you said it's not even worth it to go to church. I'm reaching for that person that said it doesn't make any sense for me to go back to God. I don't know what you need God to do for you today. I don't know what you've been seeking Him for. But I want to encourage you, uh, just pray one more time. I want to encourage you, just send up one more prayer. Just visit the altar one more time. Just let the ministers lay hands on you one more time. Because it just might be the prayer that does it for you. Hear me, your marriage depends on that prayer. Your backslidden children, they're depending on you to pray again. It's not the doctors that are going to give you healing, it's in praying again. Those of you who are too cool to look like a fool for Jesus. Those of you who are too cool to visit the altar one more time. You can go ahead. That's on you. But those of you who are desperate for a move of God. Who are desperate for God to do something in your life. Just go again. Just go again. Just cry out one more time. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice right now. Lift your voice right now. It's me again, Lord. It's me again, Lord. God says when he shows up, he's going to do a speedy work. It's going to be so fast, it's going to blow your mind. You're going to forget about all the tears you shed because it's going to happen so fast. Come on. He's just waiting to hear you pray one more time. He's just waiting to hear you cry out to him one more time. Just because he didn't move when you thought he should doesn't mean he can't do it. He can. But how bad do you want it? How bad do you need a miracle? How bad do you need deliverance? How bad do you need a healing? How bad do you need a breakthrough? How bad do you need God to bless your finances? Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, uh, if you've been seeking for the Holy Ghost, uh, come on, you need to pray again. If you need a renewing, you need to pray again. Uh, Come on, somebody. Uh, Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice. Uh, Oh, God, I'm not giving up on you, Jesus. I know you're able to do it. I'm just going to keep praying until you do it. I'm going to keep seeking you until you do it. I'm going to keep knocking that door until you do it. come on mother come on mother your your backslidden child's waiting to hear you they need you to cry out to God again your backslidden daughter needs to hear you they're in need of your prayer their future depends on it come on dad don't you send up another prayer request for God to bring your son home? Come on, wife. Come on, husband. It's not that bad that God can't fix it, that God can't repair it. He's just waiting to hear another prayer. Oh. don't care what the doctor's report says one more prayer can do it I don't care what the doctor says one more prayer can do it I don't care what the lawyer says one more prayer can do it come on that's it brother that's it sister come on I'm going to pray again I'm going to pray again I'm going to pray again